All right, so John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus, starting in Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 23. And it starts out there, says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, the certain priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blamelessly. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well advanced in years. And now while he served as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole crowd of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. And let me stop you a second. I want you to think about this. Fear fell upon Zechariah. When we look in the Bible, people were afraid when angels showed up. See, we've got this misconception in the United States, especially, I don't know about other countries, that angels are like fairies, right? They've got these, these pretty wings and these pretty robes, and they fly around, and they're all women, and the Bible never refers to an angel as a woman. I don't know if you realize that, but never refers to an angel as a woman. And people were scared. When, when, the, uh, when, when the shepherds saw the host of the Lord's army in the sky, do you think that they fell because they just tripped? No, they were scared. What they saw was powerful. When an, when, when an angel shows up like this and shows himself, you, it, it, is an, it is a scary thing. And if, if you're like Zechariah, I'm sure he knew a little bit about the angels, right? And he knew that when the angel shows up, he's got one or two things for you. He's either coming to tell you something from God that's good, or he's coming to kill you. That's your two choices. <laughs> There's not a whole lot else that was happening with angels, okay? So, so he falls down in fear. And it, but the angels said to him, and you know, I don't know if angels think this way. Why is everybody scared of me? I'm not that bad, you know? <laughs> You know, but the angel said to him, do not fear, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. So Zechariah's going, <laughs> he heard my prayer. Good, because I didn't know what was fixing to happen here. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. We need a John in the United States of America. We need one that could come out with this kind of power to turn people to, to their fathers and to their mothers and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. We have a lot of bad stuff going on in this, in this world. Boy, it would be great if the Lord would send us one. And I know, he's, I know he sent you, okay? So think about that as we go through this morning. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife will, is well advanced in years. I mean, she was old, just to let you know. So... In case you ever wonder, you know, if somebody tells you I'm well advanced, that's your old. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you the good news. And now 
You will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things happen because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their season. The people waited for Zechariah and wondered why he had waited so, why he had been so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he made signs to them and remained speechless. So as soon as the days of his service were fulfilled, he departed to his own home. All right, so the angel of the Lord came It said, Hello, your prayer has been heard by Lord Almighty, by the God, by Jehovah. And here's, here's, what, he's, here's what it is. I'm going to tell you that you're going to have a son. And Zechariah, so smart as he was, said, Whatever. Uh, how, how in the world? I don't know what you're talking about. My wife is well advanced in years. She's old. How can we have a son? And the angel says, Okay, fine. You don't believe me? Here's what we're going to do. You're not going to be able to talk. You're not going to be able to talk for a long time. I mean, what would, what would happen to us if, if every time that we question God, when God said, hey, I'm going to do this for you, and we begin to question God, what would happen to us? I don't know. I might not ever get to talk again. Because I don't, you know, I don't, my face sometimes runs a, little, runs a little low. But right here, the angel of the Lord's come. He's come to Zechariah, and he has told Zechariah, this is what's going to happen. Your wife is going to be pregnant with a, with a son. People are going to listen to him. He is going to turn the hearts of the people back toward the Lord. Now, Luke 1, 39 through 45 said, in those days, Mary arose and quickly went into the hill country. Now, this is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She, uh, she, was, she uh, did not have Jesus yet. All right. But now she's, she knows that she's, about to, that she's going to be pregnant with a son and that he's going to be the Messiah. So in those days, Mary arose. She went to the hill country, the city of Judah. He, she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She spoke out with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Indeed, as soon as, you, as the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a completion to those things which were told her by the Lord. Now, I think this is a very stark contrast to Zechariah here. Because Zechariah didn't believe, and then she's saying, Blessed are you, Mary. You believed. And remember something about Mary. She was young. She was maybe, maybe 15, 14, 16. She was young. She may have been a little bit younger than that. Uh, society has changed a lot over the years. You don't get, a woman, women don't even get married until they're 29 anymore. I mean, that is an average age of the United States of America is 29. Back then, this was very, very common uh, for a, a young lady. So she was engaged, if you remember, to, to be married to Joseph. And at that time, that was like being married. If you were engaged... It wasn't, I'm calling the engagement off. No, it was already, a deal had been made. Something, this had already went forth. But the angel had come to Mary, but Elizabeth says, blessed are you because you believed. Blessed are you because you believed. And when she, when, when she came in there, John, who became the baptizer. And for those of you who don't know, John's last name was not the Baptist, okay? So... <laughs> Don't go to church somewhere. Don't go to a Baptist church and go, oh, John was the founder of this church, was he? Uh, John got his head chopped off, okay? So he didn't, found, he didn't found that church, just to let you know. 
John the baptizer was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. You know, I was thinking about this as we're going through this. I believe that each and every one of us have been called for such a time as this. I believe that each and every one of us have been called for such a time as this. You go, why am I here? Why am I in my mail? Why am I at Unlimited Church? Why am I where I am in my life? Well, I've made some mistakes. That's all right. But you have been called for such a time as this. Because Unlimited wouldn't be here without you, right? I mean, I guess my family, we could make it Unlimited. We do have seven people. So we could have a little church going on. Uh, but it, wouldn't, it, it might not be too effective. But you've been called for such a time as this. John was called before he ever come out. Do you think that Jesus, that the Lord, didn't already have a plan for you? didn't already have a plan for you before you were ever born. And you go, well, but I didn't get saved until I was older. But God had a plan for you. And praise God that he came and his grace came. It's somebody or something got to you to get you to get to him because he's got a plan for you. And now you need to carry it out. See, as we, will, as we look at John the Baptist, John the Baptist could have known and not carried out his, his calling. But instead, he carried out the calling that had been in him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had filled him up, and he trusted in the Lord. And he had to, And I'm going to tell you something. He had parents. You parents out here? He had parents who were raising him to trust the Lord and to have fear of the Lord, a, a very good fear of the Lord, too. Luke 1, 57 through 66 says this. Now Elizabeth's time had come to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and cousins heard how the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were calling him Zechariah after the name of his father. This was very typical back then. But the mother, now remember, women did not have the authority that they have today. Women did not have the rights that they had today, even as a mother. But the mother answered, not so, he shall be called John. And let me tell you something, ladies. I think that you need to stand. If the Lord is doing something in your life and wants you and has called you, you should stand on that. You should not have to sit back and go, well, I'm not good enough because I'm not a guy, because I'm not a man. Because we see Mary. Mary was chosen at a young age to be the mother of Jesus. Mary was. Elizabeth, chosen well advanced in her years, to be the mother of the forerunner, to be a mother of John the Baptist. And she says, we're not going to call him Zechariah. His name will be John. They, they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who's even called John. They made signs to his father asking, okay, what do you want us to call the child? What should the child be called? See, they weren't even listening to the woman. They were like, no, we're going to talk to your husband. We're not going to listen to you. He asked for a, a writing tablet, and he wrote this down. He says, his name is John. And they were all amazed. And immediately, his mouth was opened. Because at this point, he was following what Gabriel had said. He's following what the Lord has wanted him to do. And I think he was a believer. Now, you shut my mouth up. Okay, God. I'm going to do it exactly how you said. We're not going to be making any, any changes here. His mouth was open and his tongue was loosed and he spoke and he praised God. 
Fear come on all who lived around them, and all these facts were talked about throughout the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will he be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. You know, something I think that we practically can put in here in our lives. Sometimes we make mistakes, and sometimes it slows us down to where we're supposed to be going with the Lord. But when the Lord knows that we're ready, just like Zechariah, he will release you to do what you're called to do. And so remember that as, as we're looking at John here, the forerunner. There's a lot of great uh, stuff in this that we can, we can put to our own life, that we can say, this is how this is relevant to me today even, is when Zechariah said, I don't believe. And maybe you, at a time in your life, you said, you don't believe. And then, then you had a very wide span. Maybe you're going through that span right now. And you say, but it, it's, I'm not where I need to be. Well, maybe the Lord's just waiting to that one point. And Zechariah was able to say, no, his name is John. The Lord says, all right, I'll let you speak now. You get it back now because you're listening to me. But they asked, what kind of child is this guy going to be? And you probably know that John spent a lot of time out in the wilderness. He spent a lot of time out there eating stuff that we wouldn't eat, you know? Well, some of you might want to eat some bugs, I don't know, but... Uh, he was out there in the wilderness, but he was, he was preparing himself. He, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I've, I've looked at that, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's other reasons, but one of the reasons I think that John was away from everybody for that time that he was, was he was getting close to the Lord. He was spending some time with God. And we see that Jesus did that himself when he fasted for 40 days. We see that Jesus would take time out to talk to the Father. You go, well, he was the Lord. Yeah, but he took time out to talk to the Father. And he would go out alone by himself. He would get away from everybody just so he could talk to God. And I think that, that we were talking about the breastplate of righteousness this morning and, and how we get that. And, and a lot of that is what I believe John was doing is preparing himself for what God had for him. Sometimes we just got to take a break. Sometimes we got to find a way to get away from the other stuff. It's like I said the other night, this idea that you're always supposed to hang out with non-Christians so you can get them saved is so bogus. You need to number one, hang out with the Lord. Number one, you need to hang out with God and let God fill you up. And if you're taking off in the morning time, and maybe your time that you pray is in the evening time, and then your studies in the evening time, or maybe it's Maybe you have a specific time, but if you're taking off throughout your day and not spending time with God and letting him direct you and guide you, you've got to be so careful because people will start coming in there, and it may be something that's negative, or they may ask you to do something. Before you know it, they get you off track, and so we need to think about that. We, need, we don't need to be getting off track. We need to focus on the Lord and let God uh, take us where we need to go. John could have said, hey, this is who I am, and I can do whatever I want to do. But instead, I believe he was taking some time out so he could just spend time with the Lord. Uh, and there's other reasons, but, but I think that's one of the ones. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The same John had clothing made of camel's hair, a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. He was eating grasshoppers, folks. Then Jerusalem, and, and I know there's a lot of protein in that, okay, so 
I mean, it's all right. Um, I don't know. Can you be vegan and eat and eat uh, grasshoppers? I don't know. Is that is, is that meat or not? <laughs> Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to escape from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not think to say within yourself, we have Abraham as our father. We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. He's saying, you know what? Doesn't matter how religious you are. Doesn't matter who you're connected to. You know, we have a lot of people in church today who think they're headed to heaven because they're connected, right? Oh, the pastor is my father. You know, R.C. and I have had many discussions over the last couple of years, and he's told me a number of stories where he has been able to be a part of leading ministers children to the Lord in their teen years because they never received the Lord because they were riding mom and dad's coattails. They would go to church and everybody, oh, they're the pastor's kids. Leave your hands off of them. Don't say anything. But the Holy Spirit uh, has used RC in those situations. So we can't say, we can't look at it and say, hey, I went to church since I was the, the first day after I was born. I was in church that first day. Maybe you were born in church. I don't know. But you can't say that that's going to get you to heaven. The people that you're around, well, I go to such and such church. What does it matter what church name you go to if you're not a part of the body of Christ? And the only way that we can be a part of the body is if Jesus lives inside of us. If Jesus lives inside of us and we have people out there. We, you've, you've probably run across a few of them out there. Well, I go to this church over here, therefore I am righteous. Therefore I am good. Therefore I'm good enough. No, you're not. And, and, and uh, these, are, these are the religious, most religious people, Pharisees and Sadducees, most religious people that you could have come across uh, out there. It says, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is put to the tree roots. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water to repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean the floor and gather the wheat unto the granary. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John prohibited him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. And when Jesus was baptized, he came up immediately out of the water, and suddenly the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, and who am, I am well pleased. So John's out baptizing people, and then Jesus shows up. And the thing is, is John saw Jesus, he knew who Jesus was. Or did he? Because the next scriptures we're going to read, he questions. He has a question. He has a question. But he took, and, and, and Jesus came to him and said, you need to baptize me. And John's like, no, no, you need to baptize me. 
you know, we have to be worthy enough to listen to what Jesus wants us to do and not already have in our minds set in stone what we're supposed to do. We need to, be, we need to be listening and saying, God, what do you have for me? What do you want to do for me, Holy Spirit? Jesus, where do you want to lead me? Because sometimes he'll have you do some things and you're like, but no, God, this person over here should be doing that. And he's like, no, I need you to do that. I need you to take care of that. And in this situation, he came to John. He knew who John was. He knew who he was. He knew the Holy Spirit was in him. And it's like, John, you've been selected for this. You've been selected to baptize me. And then we saw uh, where the Spirit descended on him after his baptism, and a voice spoke from the heavens saying, this is my beloved Son and who I am well pleased. And then in, in Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23, the disciples of John told him of all these things. John called for two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus saying, are you the one, go to Jesus and ask him, are you the one who is coming or do we need to look for somebody else? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, are you the one who is coming, or do we need to look for somebody else? Now, Jesus could have got a little irritated right here. You know, Jesus could have said, you know what? John was there. He baptized me. The Spirit descended on me, and there was a voice from heaven. Why is he asking if I'm the one? Jesus didn't say a whole lot to start out with. He said, in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and afflictions, this is Jesus, and evil spirits. And to, who, and to many who were blind, he gave sight. So Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is he who does not fall away. Now, what, you, what we got to understand in this, and what I wanted you to understand this morning, is John needed, he just, John was going through a bad time. John's in prison. John's about to lose his life, about to have his head chopped off. And he says, I just need to know if he's his who he says he is, if he is who I think he is. And Jesus didn't get upset. You know, it's like we talked about Wednesday night. Everybody has doubts. You may have doubts. The great thing is, is when you're putting your faith and trust in Jesus, and he will let you talk to him. Jesus allowed John to talk to him, allowed John to, well, John wasn't there, but allowed John to ask the question. Jesus could have said, forget you, buddy, but he allowed him to. We see he did the same thing when Peter made a mistake. When you go through your life and you make a mistake and you have doubts, you got to remember, just like John the Baptist, you can come to Jesus. And you can ask, and you can say, hey, I've got a couple of doubts here. I've got a couple of questions here. Could you answer these for me? Because I, I, I'm not sure about this anymore. You could come to him just like John the Baptist did. And here's the thing. John the Baptist chose to continue to preach the good news, preach the word, to preach and to teach correctly, and it cost him his life. And, it, and I hope it doesn't cost us our life. But if God chooses to take my life so that I'm because I'm standing for him, that's what I want to do. You have to make that same choice. You've got to make that same choice. Are you willing to stand even when the trouble comes, even when 
You have hurt and pain that's coming. Are you willing to stand and not back down like John did? Maybe even lose your life like John did. Because you want to know something, in many respects, we all can be like John. Jesus is going to return to this earth. A rapture is going to take place one day. We're all going to, going to meet him in the air. And then he's going to return back to earth. He's going to step down on earth one day, and he's going to set up his kingdom here for, for a, a, a thousand years. But you want to know something? People aren't going to know about that, and people aren't going to know about him if somebody doesn't go out there and tell them about him. And so as John was out there as a forerunner to Jesus, we can do the same thing. We can be a forerunner. We can go out there and we can do those things. And if you think it's, if you think it's going to help you to have honey and, and grasshoppers, go right ahead. But I'm going to have steak and, and, and uh, potatoes, okay? That's what I'm going to do. I'll follow you. <laughs> I'm with you, but I'm going to go ahead and think. <laughs> I don't know what the, What's that? <laughs> it's chocolate covered. Let us, yeah, lots of chocolate. Let us remember. Let's remember John during this Christmas season. Let's remember as we remember Jesus. Let's remember John, the one who who was who was speaking about him, who was making making straight. He was saying, "Hey, here's somebody that's coming that's more worthy than I am. I'm not even worthy to." I'm not even worthy to take his sandals off his feet and baptize him, but he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And let's be able to say that to other people. He's coming. He's co- Who's coming? He's coming. And you know what? As they respected John, as they respected him as a, as a prophet, you can be respected as a Christian if you live the life, if you walk, if you walk with Jesus and you walk that out, he can, he can use you the exact same way. The exact same way. Praise God. I, I want to say that God is a good God. God is a good God. And, and let, me, let, me tell you, let me tell you how much Satan wants to come against us. And I want to tell you this story real quick. Because yesterday I was going to go, I was going to go to the store to get something to eat. Well, I didn't go to the store to get something to eat after JBQ. Came home, didn't go to the store. I went to bed. And then this morning... Uh, I have a do not disturb on my phone. I was like, you know, I'm going to try to get some extra rest tonight because Christy's in the hospital and I've been working and hanging out a lot of rest. I'm going to get a little extra rest tonight. And I was sleeping and then I have my do not disturb on the phone. It went off and my phone immediately was like bling, 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 bling. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, Four o'clock in the morning, which is probably around the time I would get up. And I look over there and I see that uh, I've got some charges that are being uh, posted to my phone on, on a couple of my accounts. And so I look at it, and immediately I'm like, what in the world? And I knew exactly where my wallet was. Well, the day before, I was going to go to the store. I came inside. I mean, this is at 1 o'clock. Very unusual for me to stay at the house <laughs> that long sometimes. I'm on the go a lot. But I came in the house, and I didn't lock the car, and I left my wallet in my vehicle specifically for that. And so somebody last night got in and got all my cards out of my wallet, and went down to Walmart and was racking up a lot of charges. So 4 o'clock this morning to about 6.30, that's all the time. I spent all that time calling all of the credit card companies, getting things canceled and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, one of my, card, uh, one of my cards had over $1,000 charged up on, on uh, one of my checking accounts. And so as I was sitting there, and I say this to you, because I think of John sitting in that, 
when he was waiting for the guys to come back and tell him, hey, man, you should have seen what was going on with Jesus, man. You should have seen this guy over here. He was sick, man. He, he, he was about to die, and Jesus touched him, and boom, he was raised up. And this guy over here, he didn't have a leg, and when he, he walked away with this. You know, he was great. And there was a, there was a kid over here who had a, who had a cold. <laughs> I would love to think Jesus would come out. Oh, you got a cold. I forget you. I'll take care of that for you. But I want to say in that, so this morning, I'm telling you everything inside of me. My wife is sitting on the couch. You know, she's still in pain, and, and I'm just trying to get some extra sleep. And, you know, and I love to come to church. I love to have my mind clear on Sunday morning. That's why I like to get here about 6 in the morning. Now that we've got this place, it's awesome because then all I've got to do is make sure everything's turned on. Then I turn some worship music on, and I'll just pray. You know, I just love it. And, and this morning, I didn't get here till 8 o'clock, and I told Will yesterday, I hate getting here at 8. I like to get here early. That's the way I like to do it. And I sat there, and I was like, oh, my mind was in the wrong place. I was just like, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a thinker as it is, and now I'm really overthinking things. And I was like, do I need to call somebody to come preach for me? You know, I need to, do, I need, do I need to do something else so that the Lord can, can move in the service this morning? And I just sat there, and I was like, Lord, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. All those who rise against me will fall. And I walked in there, my wife is hurting. She says, honey, it's just the devil. He just wanting to mess with us today. So you just don't even worry about it. It's going to be all right. Now, this is a woman who's over here in pain herself from having surgery. But she's saying, it's just the devil. He's just trying to mess with us. Let me tell you something, folks. We need to take this approach. As people begin to come into our church who don't know Jesus, who, who don't know the Lord, who have gotten away from the Lord, they need to come in and realize that we mean what we say. That we don't just preach it or teach it in a Sunday school class. We don't come to prayer just for the fun of it. But we mean it. And we pray. We don't know what the answer is always, but we know the guy who has the answer. And we need to just trust in him and say, you know what? He did all these things, and John was sitting there in prison. John was sitting there getting ready to get his head chopped off, and he said, "Just I just need to know. And they went, and they saw all these things happening, and they come back, and they're like, John, man, this guy's for the real deal. And people need to see that in us. And we, we've got to stand when we're going through those rough times and say, oh, oh God, I, man, it's rough right now. But God, I stand strong and I know you're going to take care of this. I know you're going to take care of it. Because no, it couldn't have happened on a Wednesday night. It couldn't have happened even on a Friday night. It had to happen on a Saturday night when you can't really do much of anything about it, but call people and say, hey, cancel all my cards. You know, that's the only time it could happen. Why? Because the devil wants to mess us up like that. And so when you're going through a rough time in your life, you've got to realize the devil will come in at the most opportune time where he thinks that you're the most vulnerable. And we've got to remember that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against spiritual, spiritual things that are above us, around us. But we know that we've got a God that through him, all things are possible. Through Jesus through his shed blood, he saved us. If he could save you, he could save me. If he could save me, he could save the next person. Why? Because we're all sinners that need a saving God. We need a Savior. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, I just want to thank you for these people who have come into your house this morning for you, not for anybody else, but for you. And so this morning, God, I pray for them. I pray your blessings on their lives. I pray, Lord, that you will strengthen them. And Lord, if they're going through something right now, that you'll lift them up, Lord. 
You'll lift them up, Lord, as wings like eagles, Lord, that you will lift them up, that you will bless them in their finances, bless them in their going out and in their coming in, Lord. Lord, not that, not that they can walk around and say, oh, look at me, I'm rich, but they can go around and say, look, my father, my father's taking care of me. My father's taking care of me. And Lord, we're going to stand strong. We're going to stand strong and we're going to say, that when the devil comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Lord, we want to be like John. We want to be out there telling people. We want to be shouting it out from the rooftops. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Lord, give us the words to speak. Give us the wisdom in our heart. Let us know what to say. Let us be ready to give an answer when we uh, come in contact with these people. Lord, and let us most off. Most of all, Lord, show them the love of Jesus. Show them the love of Jesus and how powerful you are. We thank you, God. We give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.